I realized that even though we just lost $60,000 and I was realizing that this deal was not going to be what it needed to be and it wasn't going to provide us nearly the financial freedom that I was looking for when I bought this deal in the first place, I just thought about, you know, think about how far I've come. We bought a fourplex. I mean, two years ago, I would have thought this was insane. I was renting. I was 21 when we bought the deal. Who am I to think that I can afford a $300,000, $400,000 house? What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. This is the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Joshua Ferrari. Yes, his last name is actually Ferrari. And today we're talking about the psychology of success in real estate. And Josh is a perfect example of this. He started his career as an aircraft technician, got into real estate investing. He's going to tell you how his career in real estate started and ultimately realized that he wanted to scale and he's done $20 million in deals, right? It's going great. And he used psychology to his advantage to propel him to where he is today. And we're really digging into his experience in real estate and the psychological tendencies, strategies, characteristics that he used. I don't want to call them hacks because they're not hacks. It's a practice. It's a practice every day to work on and keep in mind and the things that he used to build his business, keep himself on track and keep pushing forward. So that's what we're digging in today. And uh, just a, a lot of great lessons here from Josh. I'm your host, Taylor Loach. I'm a real estate investor and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically in apartment buildings and self-storage properties. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, schedule a call with me, and you know, look forward to speaking with you then. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, guys. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every time and I mean it every time. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, do take a moment and look us up, hit subscribe. That way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Josh Ferrari. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Without any further ado, here we go. Josh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a great conversation so far. We've been on the phone for half an hour already, and I feel like we have so many topics, so many great topics to discuss here. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and what you do, can you tell us about your background and what you're doing in real estate these days? Background. So I had absolutely zero background in anything investing, freaking crypto, Bitcoin, real estate. I knew nothing about any of that other than HGTV and watching <laughs> Chip and Joanna Gaines flip houses. That was all I really knew kind of growing up. And then one random day on in January of 2018, I had just recently gotten married. Uh, six months prior, I'd moved out of my parents' house, started what I thought was going to be a longstanding career as an aircraft technician. And then my dad calls me up and tells me that him and my mom are going to start flipping houses. I'm like, okay, that's um, that's interesting. You know, why now? Why why houses? Why real estate? Why flipping? Uh, where are you going to get the money? You know, all, all I know is tripping Joanna again. So I'm like, they've got a TV show. They've got this. They've got that. Like, they've got a ton of money. Of course, it's easy for them to do this. You know, where are you going to get the money to do it? You guys aren't independently wealthy. What's what's all this going to look like? Like, I had a lot of questions. 
ended up being about a four hour long conversation. And at the end of it, I was just enthralled. Like uh, I didn't think that construction or flipping was necessarily going to be for me, but the idea of real estate investing was everything. It's like, there's something to this that I have got, I've got to figure it out and I've got to go after it. So I started reading books. I read 40 books that first year. I went to three different local real estate meetups. I listened to all the podcasts I could get a hold of. And then I'm getting started out in wholesaling, which is kind of like flipping a, a contract, kind of like the, the finder of the deal and you match the seller and the buyer. Tried that out for six months. It just didn't work. I'm sure I didn't do it long enough or I didn't market to the right people or whatever the case was. So we, we pivoted and we tried to tackle purchase, like actually owning real estate. At the end of the day, that, that was our goal anyway. And so... We first deal we bought was actually a fourplex, uh, believe it or not. First ever, I'm 21 at the time. First ever deal I've ever you know bought. First ever real estate investment. First ever just real estate purchase. First multifamily deal. For I mean, you name it. It was first everything. And we tried to do it all by ourselves. I think that was a big mistake we made throughout that uh, particular process. But ended up getting my dad to help me out with the down payment because of course I didn't have that kind of money being 21 years old. So he helped me out there and that was the beginning of our real estate investing journey, really. And so we just jumped, we jumped in head first. All four units were not livable, but we lived in one anyway. I mean, cockroaches everywhere, oh. AC's busted, shower doesn't work, the floors are disgusting. And of course there's construction going on in the rest of the house all the while. So trooper of, of a wife um, for, for going through this, this process with me. Of course, we're in Southern Alabama too. We bought this deal in the summer of that year in August. So it was blazing hot with the AC not working. And it was a struggle, needless to say. But we got that first deal up and running or that first uh, unit finished. And our contractors ended up tripling the timeline and doubling the budget. So naturally, I had to let them go. They just didn't know what they were doing. And there was a five-month freeze of work that happened in between firing them and hiring the next one because we did a 203k FHA loan. And if you know anything about that, it is a paperwork nightmare. And they basically wouldn't let the new person, new contractor work until all the paperwork's finished. And we could talk about this all day, but we won't. Basically, at the, when it was all said and done, we had that deal for about two, two and a half years uh, we ended up selling it, lost $60,000. Oh, so man. it was a tough, tough run. I'll tell you what, though, we learned a ton. You fast forward about six to nine months into that deal. And I'm I'm finding out very, very rapidly, very quickly what I don't want. I'm realizing small multis may not be what I'm interested in. House hacking isn't really something that I feel like is passion for me anymore. The whole idea of renovating, not my thing. Uh, we were doing our own property management, too. I hated that. I ended up doing about 80% of the work myself on that deal. Figured if I can fix a plane, I can fix a house. <laughs> so I just had to make it work. It wasn't because I wanted to. It was literally out of sheer need. And we learned so many things in that deal. And that kind of took me to where I am today because it led me away from all of that into trying to find out what else I could possibly do. In the process of this, finding out all the things I didn't want to do, I'm like, well, shoot. I feel like everything I don't want to do is a part of real estate. It's everything that there is. You know, you got to deal with tenants. You got to deal with contractors. You got to renovate if you want to get a decent deal and make a decent amount of money. You got, you know, all these things I felt like you had to do to actually be successful. And then I remember reading Joe Fairless's red book. 
I always forget the name of it. It's like best ever apartment syndication advice or something like that. I read it cover to cover and I was like, you know, everyone always talked up to that point. We had always told me that other people's money was the best way to kind of grow your portfolio. And being 21, 22, 23 at the time, I just thought that that meant on a small scale. I thought that that meant I needed to buy single family homes and I needed to keep, you know, investing with my dad or an uncle or, you know, something of that nature to help me out with small little down payments to to do these deals. But I, I hadn't thought as big as multi-million dollar deals closing. Like it just wasn't fathomable for me at the time. So to read that book really opened up my perspective, opened up what I felt like was possible. And I thought, okay, this is really cool. I need to learn more about this. So I started going deep into multifamily syndication, trying to figure out what that was all about. Ended up going to a local real estate meetup. I had a guest speaker coming over from Pensacola. When the meetup ended again, I was enthralled. Like, this is it. This is a hundred thousand percent the niche that I need to go after. And I ended up talking to the speaker afterwards, found out we both had aviation in common and he kind of became um, an organic mentor from there. So now I have a mentor. Um, this is probably about three years ago from today. Fast forward to today and I have two business partners and we've since closed over 327 units, got about $20 million asset center management. We're looking to get in a, uh, we're looking to actually acquire a total of $100 million asset center management by the end of 2023, looking to get about another thousand units this year. And currently all three of us still work full-time W-2s. So another huge goal this year is for us to be able to achieve the level of passive income we're searching for to finally be able to go full-time in the business. So I think there's so much in there, right? And and you change your thinking from thinking small to, to thinking big. And one of the things that I observed, especially at, at local RIAs, is that, you know, everybody's going after the, you know, wholesaling, flipping, and those things that we have all heard. But, you know, I don't know if I ever heard, except for the event that I started, I don't know if I ever heard anybody talk about syndication or, or doing bigger deals at a local meetup. I mean, that's, that's pretty rare. It's pretty uncommon. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where it'd probably been a month or two that I had finished reading the book and tried to really get deeper into it, networking with folks, you know, bigger pockets and other people kind of at the meetups. And of course they're doing just what you said. They're trying to do flipping and wholesaling. And I'm like, man, it's just not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do something bigger and better. And, and I want to get out of this too much faster. And I want to help others do the same because I know there's a lot of other people struggling, um, whether they're making a ton of money in their day job and they just don't have the time or, you know, whatever the case is, they're also looking for, for a way out. And I would love to be the guy that, that's able to provide something like that. And so I found out that they were having this particular meetup about multifamily syndication. And I was like, sweet, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and see what it's all about. And of course, when the meetup ended, there was maybe one other person like in the audience that was actually you know, trying to actually do anything in multifamily syndication. And everyone else just thought that it was, that it was cool. And like, they just learned a little bit about it, but they weren't really going to take any action. They're still just interested in being an agent or a single family flipper or wholesaler. And they weren't really trying to go after multifamily. So I thought, you know, there's not really anyone in the audience for me to network with, but I don't want to just leave here having heard this, this speech here. And then that's it. So let me talk to the guy that knows what the heck's talking about. The guy that's got thousands of units worth of experience who just spoke today about this topic. And I was surprised he gave me the time of day, but I'm so glad he did. And I'm so glad I took that leap of faith because it, it led to that mentorship. Nice. And that's one of the things that it's it's really that taking action 
and stepping just slightly outside of your comfort zone and say, in that case, talking to the speaker, talking to somebody, building a, a new relationship. And you, if you keep doing that consistently, then you end up doing some very big things. And, and in the real estate syndication space and doing larger commercial deals, after you do a few of them, or you spend enough time in the space, you realize that you know, the people who are on the stage are, are really at the end of the day, just people like anybody else you've ever talked to, just regular people. Right. So you mentioned earlier about you know, folks being too busy in their day jobs and, or, and, you know, maybe earning too much to really bother focusing on building their portfolio. And, you know, I'd like to dig into that a bit more and, you know, how you made the decision to, you know, basically do a a side hustle in real estate and build this business and and really get after it as, as, you know, compared to doing more, you know, passive type of investing, do, you know, one single family deal here, single family deal there, or, you know, just passively investing in, in syndications. What, what were the main drivers for you around that? Dude, the main driver was necessity. It was, holy cow, I've got to get out of this W-2. This is not the lifestyle that I thought I wanted to live. After having been in the industry for even just those six months, you know, a year, two years, whatever, I'm like, I know I'm only just getting started in corporate America here, but this is awful. Uh, this is not <laughs> what I want to do long term. I don't want to be stuck to a job. I don't want to be stuck to a location. I don't want to be stuck to someone else telling me what I got to do and when I need to be there. Uh, I want to be the the writer, the author of my own life. And in order to do that, I know I'm going to need money because that is really where you get freedom. So when my dad told me about this whole real estate thing, that was what really just enthralled me was the the thought process and the whole idea of freedom. And so then we tried the wholesaling that didn't work. And when I really thought about it, I'm like, wholesaling, I don't feel like it's going to give me freedom because I'm just creating another job for myself. I'm just as good as my last wholesale deal. So then I tried the small multis and I was just going to try, you know, the single family thing or whatever. And then when I thought about that, I'm like, yeah, sure. I could eventually get to the point to buy enough where I have enough passive income. But I'm like, dude, it's going to take me 10, 15, 20 years to get to that point, to go on this route. And I, pff, I don't want to wait that long. So that when I found about about the whole multifamily thing, that was when I was like, yes, you know, I can do this. I can get to this point in a couple of years, whatever a couple to me, I was hoping a couple was two years. But <laughs> here I am three years in, I'm still not there, but we're, I'm so much closer than I ever was. Of course, what I had never started and had I continued to just try to stick with the single family route. So I'm so glad I took the leap. And I guess to really answer the question, the driver was necessity. I really felt like to get where I wanted to be, to live the life I truly wanted to live, I needed to change something. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. They they want to do something different. They want to live a different life. They want to have what they see other people have on social media. They want the nice car. They want this. They want that. They want to do the traveling. They want to be the influencer that's doing all these cool things, but they don't want to change anything in their lives. They want to continue to live the same life and then hope for a different result. I knew that that just wasn't going to be the case. And there's something that was going to have to shift. And there's definitely been a lot of sacrifices throughout the way. And of course there still continues to be, but it's definitely sacrifices that were worthwhile because when I look back and and see how far I've come from when I started, I'm so glad I started because there's a lot of people out there that just in general, when you think about the difference between, there's actually a book, I, I, for life, we can't remember the author either, but it's called The Gap in the Gain. And I remember reading this book a couple of years ago, and the book's basically about the gap is this never achieving goal line that always moves. 
It's like a goalpost that continues to get thrown out years and decades in the future, no matter where you are in life. Because if you think about it, you got a goal, let's say you're just starting out and you're like, okay, I'm going to get into real estate. I'm going to do the thing. Let's just buy one house. You know, Let's just figure out how to buy one house and we'll go from there. You buy that one house, you're like, okay, now let's buy two more. Buy two more. Now you want to buy 10. Now you want to buy 20. Now you want to buy 50. Now you want to buy 200. And the goal just keeps moving. You're never really going to achieve it because you always want to be you know, bigger and better or whatever the case is, or maybe you want to refine what you have. There's always going to be something shifting here. That's the gap. So if you're always focusing your happiness and your kind of like, I don't know, your success, so to say, on the gap, then you're always going to be unhappy. There's always going to be a gap. You're not ever going to feel like you've achieved what you needed to achieve. You're not ever going to feel empowered, I guess. You're not ever really going to truly just live a full life, basically. And so the difference then is the game. Just looking back at how far you've come over the last couple of years since you started. And so to tie everything in, what I just said is basically, I'm so glad I started because if I don't look at where I want to be, which is out of the W-2 with a fully self-sufficient company with you know a dozen employees, that's where I'd like to be. That's not where we're at. So if I'm always looking at that, I'm not ever going to be happy until that happens. And then I'm still not going to be happy because the goalpost is going to move again. So if I just focus on how far I've come from when I started from $0 and zero cents and not having any money and feeling like I was just going to be stuck in a rut for my entire life to where I am today, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to be proud of what I've accomplished up to this point. Well, I love that. And I think that's so true, uh, you know, in real estate and, and really anything, but we're talking about real estate here is, is the importance of mindset and, and focusing on what you've accomplished and also what you have. And that's something I'd like to dig into quick is, you know, when you're first getting started, you know, in your case, right, I think we we think about our assets, right? And I mean, our assets, both monetary, but also our assets in terms of time we have available, right? If you're working 100 hours a week at your job, it's gonna be pretty hard to build a business on the side unless you make a change there. And I'm thinking back, thinking about you, you know, you did this uh, quad and, you know, unfortunately it, it didn't work out and then you're sitting there looking for, you know, the next step and you, how did you, you know, assess that situation and, you know, keep moving forward and realize that you, you had other assets beyond, you know, just, just monetary, right? You obviously had time to, to get out there and build the business. It's funny you mentioned that. I actually, I just posted something about that today on social media. It's how did I keep going? And it's exactly what basically what I just talked about with the whole gap in the game thing. I realized that even though we had just lost $60,000 and I was realizing that this deal was not going to be what it needed to be and it wasn't going to provide us nearly the financial freedom that I was looking for when I bought this deal in the first place, I just thought about, you know, think about how far I've come. We bought a fourplex. I mean, two years ago, I would have thought this was insane. I was renting. I was 21 when we bought the deal. Who am I to think that I can afford a $300,000, $400,000 house that has four units in it? Like, I didn't even know a fourplex existed before that. So it's like, I've literally gone through the process of buying this fourplex, renovating 80% of it myself, going through the process of dealing with contractors and lenders and talking to investors. And I've been going to real estate, a bunch of different real estate meetups over the last couple of years. I had done so many things and learned so much. And I just remember taking that and 
thinking, you know, how do I move forward? What's the next step for me? Again, I think it came out of necessity. I think it was like, okay, I've got, I've got negative cash. You know, it's not even that it's not even that I'm starting from zero. I have negative. So how do you buy a deal without any money? Well, <laughs> you need to use other people's money. You know, that's that's the next the next goalpost. So how do I do that? And that's of course when I had found syndication and started moving in that route. And then I knew I also wasn't going to be able to do it by myself. Like, okay, I can syndicate and raise money from other people, but then there's just no way I'm going to be able to manage an asset like this. I couldn't, I couldn't even manage a fourplex that well. I don't want to take on millions of dollars of other folks' money. And I don't trust myself that much. So I don't want to put that on other people. And so I knew I was going to need someone else. I was going to need someone else, with a lot of experience. And interestingly enough, I came across someone who didn't actually have any multifamily experience. <laughs> he had been, been in real estate for about a decade, but he'd only been in the single family space. He was doing flipping and some just buy and hold rental stuff, but he was looking to make the transition from single family into multifamily. And he was in the process of actually selling his single family portfolio to take that money and funnel it into the multifamily side of things. And of course, he had a team of people kind of helping him do all this as far as the contractors go and agents and this, that, and the other. And so he'd already kind of built that team or that capability of managing. And, you, you know, he, he had actually done some of his own syndications himself and he had done them on single family portfolios, wow. if you can believe it or not. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it's a thing. He did it. And so I thought that was really cool. And of course, then he was thinking that he wanted to get into multifamily. I was trying to get into multifamily. So he'd already raised money before. He'd already like gone through all of the steps that I was trying to go through. We just, neither of us had actually bought a multifamily deal. So that was kind of where the relationship started. And then we ended up, you know, I ended up finding a deal that I thought was going to pencil out. And of course it didn't end up penciling out, but that was the deal that I called him up on. I was like, Hey man, are you looking to buy a deal right now? You know, this, this size, think I've got something this particular time, this market, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, sure. You know, let's, um, let's see what it's all about. So like I said, of course, the deal ended up not penciling out. We didn't end up doing it, but that was the start of what you could say was the partnership that took us from, you know, the nothing to now where we are today. And then of course the third business partner came along somewhere in there as well, but I think the big ticket item for me to sum everything I've just set up as far as what was the next step, it was I needed to get a partner. I needed to get someone else that knew what they were doing, that had a strong vision like I did for where I wanted to be. I've always been the visionary and was willing to do the grind work and the grit work to actually get there and could help me get where I needed to be. And I could just grind and grit and gnash as, you know, as much as I needed in order to provide the utmost amount of value. And I think I've, I think I've been able to do that by, I've kind of been the guy that's now somewhat of like the acquisitions guy. I've found the majority of our deals via the relationships I've created with brokers and, and other investors out there from just being like a monster networker and starting the podcast, creating massive amounts of relationships from there. That's helped as well. And then the process of starting to raise cash from that platform on social media. And I've really been able to provide a lot of value from kind of like a networking perspective because I had to figure out what it was that I was going to add value in because I didn't have any money. So I figured it out. I hustled. I found a partner. And that's what's kind of taken me to this point now. Awesome. I love that. And something that I've observed you know, more broadly is people who are successful in the real estate space, probably 99% of them, I haven't taken an official statistic on it, but, but an enormous percentage of them 
have you know an active knowledge and an active practice around their their mindset in the business and if they're they're wanting to think bigger they're looking for inspiration they're looking for techniques they're looking for you know what's that that next step that's going to get me moving forward and I, I like that you're also looking back and looking what you have accomplished because it, there's that hedonic treadmill of you know we need to do the next thing the next thing the next thing but also be you know grateful for the past but you know i, I really think that has in speaking with you and speaking with many other experienced real estate investors and also looking at my progress in real estate that i mean i i can't imagine that it would even happen without mindset being huge like first place you know in people's uh people's practices you know mm -hmm. yeah interesting awesome well great conversation about mindset today right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Josh, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Does it need to be an investment that actually made me fiscal cash? Just like an investment in a partnership. Like, is that an investment? I'll, I'll allow it. Go for it. Tell us more. So it, I guess I've got two then. I've got the the best fiscal investment we ever made was a 148 unit portfolio. And that deal is going to make me six figures a year in passive cash flow in year two. And then we're going to hold that deal for another 20 to 30 years. Best investment I've ever made. Home run. And then in terms of partners or, or just growth, like how to even get there, like we were talking about earlier, I didn't have any money. So I think the best investment was finding the right partner, not just finding a part. Don't just find anybody. It's, that's <laughs> not the ticket to success. I promise you. Finding the right partner was the difference between kind of being stuck in that rut and where I've gotten today. Nice. Well, we had the best investment or the best investments. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? It's the fourplex, man. It's got to be the fourplex. <laughs> if you look at it from a financial perspective, it is fourplex. If you look at it, from an educational perspective, I can't say it's fourplex because I learned too much in that deal. It's like the school of hard knocks, you know, but I'm going to have to say for this particular 
conversation. It's got to be that fourplex. Makes sense. Makes sense. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? The most important lesson I've learned. Wow, there's so many lessons. It's like an infinite number and it grows every day. It's one thing I love about just entrepreneurship and real estate in general. But if I had to pick just one, I guess I just got to go with don't give up, I guess. There's going to be a lot of times you feel like you want to give up. There's going to be a lot of times where you fail and you lose $60,000 and it just feels like there's no way out. And you you started from nothing and you ended with less than nothing. And it's very disheartening and you just feel like you just can't take it anymore. I promise you giving up, of course, it's not the key to success, but Also, I think part two of that, never give up, is knowing when to pivot. Because I started the wholesaling thing, didn't work, I pivoted. Tried the small multi thing, didn't work, I pivoted. So I ended up at the large multis. Had I never pivoted and just been like, all right, well, wholesaling is not working, but I'm just going to keep trying, then sure, maybe I would have been successful eventually, but it would not have created the life I wanted to. And then had I tried the small multi thing, I would have lost $60,000 and then kept trying to do it. Maybe I could have found a partner that wanted to help me, but there's no way I'd be where I am today. I may have like 10 units, you know, at this point, if I was to have stayed that route, but I wouldn't be nearly as successful as I am today. So don't give up and know when to pivot. Nice. Nice. Well, Josh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for all the great lessons. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more or anything like that, where can they track you down? The best place to find out more about us is ferraricapital.com. Also, you can check out our podcast, Creative Capital. It's a great way to learn more about us. And then if you go to the website, there should be at the very bottom all of our social media links. Following us on social media is probably the best way to stay up to date from a weekly um, kind of perspective. But I would say that's probably the best way. And of course, now we actually are three Beach Capital, but we haven't officially rebranded. So that's why you go to FerrariCapital.com because we haven't created a new website quite yet. But there you go. Got to hang on to the Ferrari thing as long as you can anyway. So I, I certainly don't blame you. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. And to everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every show that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I want to thank you for tuning in once again. Don't forget to subscribe no matter what podcast app you use. And we'll catch you here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I hope you have a great rest of your day today and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>